The question I get most often is, what's a good rate? Right after that, how do I find a good realtor? Here's the solution. Join the Coins and Culture Realtor Referral Network. These are realtors my team and I have personally vetted. So enjoy the home buying process, knowing you're working with a pro. Click the link in the description for more details. Back to the show. There's a, there's a line in the movie uh, where a, one of the characters says, when there's blood in the streets, buy property. Okay. And I remember when I heard that, I was like, man, that's interesting. And I was already familiar with the quote of uh, when, when others are greedy, be fearful. And when others are fearful, be greedy. So like I, I already had some context when I see and hear this quote in the movie. And then I also knew, generally speaking, that real estate is such a wealth builder. Welcome to House Rich, the millennial real estate show. We talk to average people that have done above ever seen the real estate and show you how you can do the same. So today we have Steve Stack, financial coach, going to talk about his journey to financial independence. So a lot of people say they're financially free, but they go to a nine to five, which no knock on that. I work a nine to five. You guys know I'm, I'm an underwriter, but he, he doesn't have to go to work. So that's really financially free. We're going to talk about how we got there through real estate, investing and a little bit more. So um. Thanks for joining me. Could you uh, introduce yourself to the good folks as well? If that intro was not uh, satisfactory. Oh, man. No, it was, it was great. First off, man, thanks for having me. Um, <laughs> you had me cracking up um, on the on the nine to five piece, uh, which truly nothing wrong with having a nine to five. Um, you you, you want to do something anyway, just just in life is is, is my thought. If, if I were worth... Uh, $200 million, I still would be doing something each day. Um, so so, I, I didn't mean to cut you. I forgot to ask something. So you're, you're, you're a debt-free millionaire too, right? I think I'm... Yeah, yeah. Okay, I, so yeah. yeah I want to throw it out there as well. So, yeah, okay. Oh, sorry. Keep, yeah. keep going. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. It's cool. It's cool. Yeah, no, that that is true. Um, yeah, uh, 100% debt-free. Um, I actually chose to uh, pay off my home as well. Uh, and, and for those who may be wondering, obviously personal finance is personal. Um, and I would share that I was actually already a millionaire when I went on ahead and paid off the home, actually had a, a real estate deal go way better than expected. Uh, and just said, Hey, you know what, I'll, I'll go on ahead and knock out, knock out the rest of the house. And yes, I've been a millionaire since age 31. So, so yeah, been, been here for a little bit. Okay, sorry, hopefully y'all can hear me this whole time. My microphone was behind my computer for some reason, so I'm bad on that. Uh, so let, let's talk about talk about that. So um, we're going to jump back to your, kind of your origin story. I want to talk about how, what, what was this real estate that went extremely well and then helped you help pay off the, uh, the crib? Yeah, so I had had a, um, there, was, there was a multifamily property that, that I had held for the, the better part of a decade it, it wasn't quite 10 years um that i'd had it i don't want to say it was more like you know seven seven ish eight years something like that um and i i had gotten what's called a uh like a, a pocket offer like I, I didn't have this property on uh like on the market to sell um and what I saw from is it, it was it was the number that I wanted to sell this property for uh, when when I first purchased it. So it was a okay. multifamily rental property, um, and and I'd already established, hey, this is the number that I would like to sell for after holding it for uh, at least five years. Um, so when I saw the offer, uh, what what it said to me was okay if I actually were to put this out there because I don't need to sell it like it was okay. it was cash flowing I was doing very well uh, with with this property um, it let me know kind of where the state of things were at that time um, so so once I did actually put it on the market later uh, it it sold for significantly even more than what I thought 
uh, that it would just from getting that offer. I knew it would be more than what they offered, but uh, I didn't realize it was going to be that much more. And the extra was enough that it was pretty close <clears throat> to going ahead and paying the house off. Okay. And sorry, I, I'm not sure if we talked about this before we recorded or, or you just said it, but you, you sold this home in 2010? Oh uh, no no no! So I I had purchased the the first piece of real estate that I had personally uh, purchased uh, that I'd say a meaningful uh, okay. value was in 2010. This oh, okay, I sold. Okay. Yeah yeah. This property I sold it. This would have been back in like 2018, some, okay. somewhere in there. Um, so curious, how did you come up with that number to be like, hey, I want to sell this cash flowing asset? Because most folks would say, hey, once you get, you know, it's hard to get, you know, those multifamily properties. You know, once it's cash flowing, like what, what made you say, hey, you know, sell some folks are like, oh, I never sell your property ever. Like, why did what made you decide to, hey, I'm going to sell this? I know you had a number, but I guess how did you get to that number? Um, so, so in general, uh, when, I think it's wise when you go into any investment uh, and yes, and, and there are things that I want to hold forever or like keep it within the family for forever. Um, but there's good practice of having a number going in that you're like, Hey, if I can get here, this is what it'll do. So the, the way I came to the number was I was thinking about, hey, if I get this chunk of money, this is how I want to knock out different things in my life by that point. So it was relative to, um, so like say, say for instance, I'm just, if I'm speaking to the audience, um, if, if $500,000 was going to be able to take care of all the things that would launch you towards a particular dream that you have. Um, yes, you could hold an asset forever and never realize like the, the profits of it. Um, but if that amount of money would actually propel you to, let's say if you wanted to, you know, leave your nine to five or it propelled you to start a business or a restaurant or, you, you know, what, whatever the case may be, then that's, that number is the meaningful number for you okay. of 500,000. So like, that's, that's really where I came in thinking. Um, and I had bought this property. Uh, we we're still coming out of the great recession from 08, 09, uh, the housing market crisis. Uh, so I knew that number was realistic um, because it was still south of where the prices were before the collapse. So they, it was it was lower than what it was in 2007. Okay. So like I knew for that area that it was possible to actually get there. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. And so you talk. We kind of talk about you about your your first property in 2010. Like what what sparked that in the first place? Like hey, why do? Because I, I know you said you mentioned you were um you kind of more in the investing side prior to that because the barriers of entry were, were smaller. But what makes you think hey? I want to buy a property, you know, 2010, kind of right out of that um, recession to begin with. Yeah. So it actually, part of the idea literally came from a movie. So, right. <laughs> and people could actually look this up if they want to. There's, there's a movie called uh, The Inside Man. Denzel Washington's in oh, this yeah. movie. Good movie. You should watch it. If y'all oh, haven't yeah. seen it, watch it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's legit. And don't worry, no spoilers. I won't, I won't mess it up if you've never seen it. Denzel's in it. Jodie Foster, a guy named Clive Owen. Really good movie. I won't spoil. There's a there's a line in the movie um, where a one of the characters says, when there's blood in the streets, buy property. Okay. And... I remember when I heard that, I was like, man, that's interesting. And I was already familiar with the quote of uh, when, when others are greedy, be fearful. And when others are fearful, be greedy. So like I, I already had some context when I see and hear this quote in the movie. And then I also knew, generally speaking, that real estate is such a wealth builder. Mm -hmm. for for people 
Um, I'm not saying that it's the only way to build wealth. It's just a common theme that you see a lot of people that are extremely wealthy have a lot of their portfolio being comprised of, of real estate. So that's, that was kind of what got me thinking that way of, Hey, why, why re why not, uh, follow patterns that, that, that I've already seen. I don't need to recreate the wheel. So I knew I wanted to get in, um, but I didn't come from a background or a family uh, that was doing this stuff already. So a lot of it, I had to figure out on my own. So why, why do you think uh, wealthy folks keep their keep a lot of their money in real estate? So, I mean, I think folks are classified you as, as wealthy. So I'm just curious what you're what 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 from from before you were maybe wealthy. I think now most folks would consider you wealthy. Like what? Um, why why, why real estate? Man, there's like there's so much. So the, this word, it, it's, it means kind of what it said. There's so much optionality with real estate, meaning that there's so many different things that you can do with it. Um, it can help you be able to lower your taxable income. Uh, so, for example, you can use something called depreciation um, to be able to uh offset even some of your working income. So if you've, you've got a nine to five um, and let's say you got a large amount of money uh, in, in like stock options, let's say you got a great job and you get like a big chunk of stock options, um, possibly purchasing real estate, like instead of saying, hey, let me go buy uh, just stuff, I could buy something that could be an income producing asset um, and it lowers my, my taxable income potentially right now and over time. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that's a, a plus of real estate. Another plus is just the need for it. Um, so people have to live somewhere. Yeah. Um, it, like we, we, we all have to live somewhere. So there's, there's always going to be a need for it. Um, there's a line I've heard it over the years. And it's something that I've heard you say too. And I love that you say it of just, you know, rumor has it, they're not making any more of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So there's, it's, it's finite and this, there's only so much land that's out there and particularly like premium land, like in, in, you know, uh, places where people want to be. Um, obviously you can use it to generate income. So if you're renting, out to people, whether you're doing it like long-term or just more traditionally of, you know, people are, you know, living there month to month or like short-term rentals, more like an Airbnb type of setup. There, there's, there's so many different ways to do it. You can do things like house hacking where you say you buy a duplex or a triplex or quadruplex and you live in one of the units and you're renting out the other units or you, you, because of things like Airbnb, you could just have a single family home and depending on how it's set up, you could rent out your basement uh, or a guest room or guest suite. Um, so in, in another thing I, I would throw out there too um, is that it can be an inflation hedge uh, for you as well um, of and I don't, I don't know how deep down this rabbit hole we, we want to go, um, but you can, go, you can go deep. So folks, yeah, folks want to learn. So we can go, we can go deep. Right, right. Or maybe, maybe we keep it kind of service. But like, so for instance, uh, I, I had read an article fairly recently. Uh, I think it was a Bloom, Bloomberg article that said that the rents in like a town like Miami have gone up over 40%. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which is wild. I think I may even sent that to you. Yeah, or yeah, yeah. You yeah. I did a post about that because I have you, you said Right, yeah. right. You know, I had, had to make sure the, the homie gets some, some content, you know, <laughs> to work off of. Um, but I can tell you the cost for that real estate did not go up 40%. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? So, yes. 
did property taxes increase? They did. Uh, potentially, if you got home insurance, you know, property insurance, uh, did that increase? Yes, it did. Uh, did it go up over 40%? No, it didn't. Um, and then just another side thing. So I'm going to try to contextualize it to right now, the times we're dealing, you know, higher inflation. All right. Um, or higher inflationary times is that is a benefit to landlords because let's say if you have some fixed rate mortgage on your properties, um, you don't care that interest rates went from 3% at the beginning of this year to over 6% now yeah. because you're already locked in to a low rate already. Um, so you just get the benefit of okay, things cost more. I'm going to raise the rents relative to what the, uh, you know, what the, the market rents are, but your costs haven't dramatically increased. So, yeah. so th those are just some examples. Obviously, you can actually leverage against your property too. So like you could tap into capital, like doing something called like a HELOC, a home equity line of credit, or just pull money out of your property to do other stuff. People talk about methods like uh, Burr. Uh, so it, there's just a lot of different things you can do with real estate um, that that you can't necessarily do with other asset classes or just being able to control a lot more money with a smaller amount of money, if that's the route you wanna take. Oh, okay, okay, thank you. And so now I want to, to jump back from, you know, maybe, I don't know, college graduate, college student to, to, to how, how do you end up buying like your first property? Like how, how did that process even, even start? So for, for me, like I said, I didn't know anything about real estate investing. Uh, I had read some books. I actually did spend money on like a, like some type of a program uh, and getting some mentorship um, to just try to move in that direction. But, and I'm not upset that I paid that money to, to do that because I was hungry. I wanted to roll there. And to put it in perspective, this was back in like 2009. So, you know, with inflation, I know the money would be worth more today. Mm -hmm. But I think I had spent some, I know I had spent at least $5,000 just trying to acquire knowledge. Okay. Um, around uh, real estate. But here's the funny thing, though, is the stuff that I ended up learning the most wasn't from that money being spent. Did I learn some things from there? I did. Um, but I learned more from just making relationships with people who are already doing it uh, and like just talking to folks and saying, hey, this is what I'm looking to do. Um, and so I ended up getting connected with someone at like actually at like a, a the local uh, church that I was attending uh, when I when I was living in the town at that time that was doing things in real estate. Um, I had money saved up, um, and they connected me to a trusted realtor like someone who was competent and had character you know just good people mm -hmm. uh and then he connected me to contractors because you know realtors tend to have a lot of connections whether it be to uh mortgage lenders and mm -hmm. and you know, loan originators and and, and uh painters and hvac you know what i mean like so so i started to build that kind of network and there's things called like RIA meetings where you can go to like real estate investor association type meetings okay. locally to just get in the space. Uh, but then ultimately I had, I had a realtor like sending me properties that fit what my budget was or what I was looking to spend. Um, and, uh, and, and so, and th all this stuff I'm talking, this was like right after college, you know, so I'm, I'm in my early twenties. Um, so I eventually, I found a property and my first real estate investment was actually a flip. Okay. So, 
So I bought a property that was foreclosed on, uh, put money into it to fix it up, and then sold it for more than my uh, acquisition and repair costs and holding costs. So, so how did you go about a flip? Because obviously, you know, typically flips not someone's first first deal. You know, you got like you said, you got to have those connects and and trustworthy people. Um, so yeah, to me, to me, that seems um, abnormal for someone's first property to be a flip. Most people are like, hey, I just want to buy a house and, and live there. Like, wh- why did you? Was that something like you learned in that? that trainer what made you say hey, i want to flip this property yeah, yeah so um if if i had been just left to my to myself i would have bought a duplex and just lived in one side and rented out the other all right um so like the first property i actually bought in my life was the flip that i mentioned i didn't buy a home to live in until afterwards um, and, and I was living in the Midwest at that time. Um, but because I wanted to try to do a flip and make a chunk of money to buy a multifamily property, that's why I started with the flip. Okay. And I felt that I was ahead of most people because I had already built a trustworthy team. Okay. So I'm like, okay, I, I have a realtor who actually is, he was a, or was and is a real estate investor. And so he's like, Hey, you know, you might really be able to make this happen. Um, I know, you know, I know contractors, you know, people that do the different stuff. I can help you with putting a team of people together. Um, so that's the reason why I started there. Cause I'm like, Hey, you know, well, if I could do this and let's say I make a just a, a decent chunk of money. Like I can make anywhere from 15 to 30,000. That would go a long way to helping me actually secure um, a property to generate. Um, I, I say quote unquote passive income because it, you have to put in work. Yeah, it's, yeah, it, yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> like people say passive. I'm like, not. you still have to put in work. You're still, yeah calling property managers or you may have to talk to tenants if that's something you have an appetite for uh or making sure repairs and things like that happen so i mean there's still work to it all right thank you and so at what point do you say hey i want to purchase a property to actually like live in like when do you get to that point so that was in 2011 2011 was when i bought a house to live in uh the market was was still down and and i'm i'm in the midwest which uh it was they may not have dropped as far as as some other areas like maybe say like a florida uh but they also didn't bounce back mm-hmm. as quickly either as as some areas like that um so I was looking to either a get a duplex and do what's called house hacking again, live, live in one side and rent out the other to possibly live for free uh-huh. or significantly discounted, yeah. or I wanted to buy a foreclosure. Um, and because I had already done a flip, I was, I felt much more confident in the home buying experience because I'm like, man, I don't care what, what y'all are trying to tell me. This is how much I want to spend. Um, (laughs) you know what I mean? Um, and it it worked out, man. It worked out. I was able to find a property. It was actually foreclosed on already. Um, it needed work to get fixed up, but because I had already done a flip, none of that stuff bothered me. I'm like, oh man, putting some new carpet in here, some paint, uh, you know, fixing some things. There was like a huge like hole in the wall, which for the average person, especially if your first house to live in, yeah, would be very unsettling. Like, oh my goodness. But because I've done a flip already, I'm like, oh man, dude, that's just some, some drywall, some plaster. That thing will be great and paint right over it. Um, so that, that was a huge thing 
uh, for me of getting that because once I moved from there to now I'm in the Southeast, I'm in, uh, I'm in uh, Charlotte, uh, North Carolina now, um, like I ended up netting like after everything, like when I moved here, it was a healthy six figure amount just to come here. Um, when, when moving off of that, cause I bought it as a foreclosure. So it was way under market value. And by the time I moved here, the economy, uh, was much stronger. Okay. Um, and so were, were you seeking out foreclosed properties or you just happened to come across those were just the ones you, you found, but like the flip one was a foreclosure and this was a foreclosure. Yeah. Yeah. So I, so here was my thought process. Um, at that time when I was looking and, you know, people can kind of do the math and they'll be able to figure this out. So I'm, I'm in my, like roughly around mid twenties at this point when I was looking for a house to live in, um, because I had done the flip, um, I was okay if a foreclosure came up that made sense. So, so like I looked at turnkey properties, meaning uh, looked at looked at homes that didn't need any work for, for people who are listening. So that is just, you could buy it and you could roll right in and everything's cool. If you're spending any additional money, it's just because you want to make it more yours. Yes. Um, but I was like, hey, if there is a foreclosure that's way under market value, but doesn't need a ton of work or, you know, doesn't need as much work as like a full rehab. Um, I'd, I'd be open to that. And, and it ended up being an amazing setup. Like I, I put an offer on it. Um, and well, I'll quick story here. So put an offer on, on the house and it ended up going under contract, like right before, I did. So I was like the backup offer. I was like, oh man, this one would be perfect, man. I, I wish I'd seen it sooner. So I was bummed about it. Um, and then maybe like a week later, that buyer's financing fell through. And so they came, they came right back to me because I was the backup offer. Said, hey, you, you still interested? I um, was able to negotiate and, and make it happen, man. So that was, that was really cool. Okay. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. And then, so, um, when do you start saying that, Hey, I'm going to buy, buy more of these, these properties. Cause I know you own, since you own about five to 10 properties, like what, so you got to got, got the, the bug there and it's like, Hey, I'm going to start kind of building the portfolio. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, once, once, once I had done it and got to see how it worked, uh-huh. I'm like, yo, this is not that hard. All right. You know what I mean? Now, what I'm not trying to tell people is just, hey, this is super easy and anyone can do You still have to put in work. You have to look, pay attention. It doesn't mean that it, it's always going to work out. But for me, I just loved the, the feel of it, of, hey, you can really get these properties. And if you buy it right, it can be really hard for you to lose. Um, so I knew I wanted to do. If you enjoy the show and want to go even more in depth for the content we put out, go to housewitshow.com. We have courses on Insider Secrets, your lender and realtor don't tell you, a course on house hacking, and even a DIY credit course so you never have to pay for credit repair again. And since you're a loyal listener, use promo code POD for a special discount. Back to the show. Thanks. Real estate, um, because it's it's easier, like you can touch and feel it and see yeah, it. Yeah. Um, and, uh, so, so that, that was, uh, you know, like that, that was, that was attractive to me, um, that I could actually buy it, see it, be in it. Um, and, and a lot of the stuff that I said earlier, just the optionality of what you could do. So I was like, yeah, no, I do want to look to build a portfolio with this, um, and literally, if you know how to add, subtract, multiply, and divide, right. you can be a more than adequate uh, investor. Uh, like you don't have to 
real estate investor. Like you don't have to be looking at uh, stock market uh, 10Ks and 10Qs and Uh understanding PE ratios and all that kind of like you can be really simple with it and uh, and still win. So I I thought that was uh, attractive. So how do you how do you actually you mentioned you know you don't have to be like a, a, a numbers ways or whatever but how do you actually evaluate your your deals because I know there's some some numbers that go go into that right where it may, this makes sense doesn't make sense yeah yeah so you you can look at things like uh, a capitalization rate or a cap rate that kind of helps you to to figure out okay. Uh, it gives you some quick numbers on how much money you could be making, uh, you know, what you make on, on your money. Uh, one of the simplest ones is if you're doing your numbers right of, Hey, this, these are the rents, this is the purchase price. This is, uh, my different expenses, uh, looking at something like cash on cash return. Um, you could, do something as basic as looking at like a 1% rule of, of if you're looking at rents, like, so there's all these different little rules of thumb um, that they may not necessarily say, go buy it. Um, but just as important on the other side, some of these rules of thumb can disqualify pro- properties, All right, which is the majority of the work is saying, nope, nope 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 you, you know what i mean like yeah, going yeah, through yeah, and be like yeah. right right you really do of just like nah this isn't good nah mm-mm, nah like it, for for people if you're a sports fan uh more games are lost than one that holds true in investing too like a lot of times people lose just for lack of patience to wait like they're like, hey, I've got money burning in my pocket or, you know, I just hear that interest rates are super low. So I know I just need to buy something. It's like, man, take your time. Do your numbers. You know what I mean? Do your due diligence. Roll through and don't have to get a home run. Like it doesn't have to be, but man, just just solid wins, solid wins. And, and sometimes what you thought was solid can turn into a home run that you didn't expect. So, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, yeah. thank you. And so, um, I tried, so we started from the beginning all the way. Hopefully, we're, we're kind of near present day at this point. But like, um, so as I mentioned that during the beginning, you're you're a debt free millionaire. Was that the catalyst? Was you know you also do you know investing as well? You know, stock market was that real estate, stock market, a combination? Kind of what what propelled you to that number? Because a lot of folks own properties, but you know, um. Like I said, no, no, no problem with having that, but no, a lot of folks are not debt free and they're not millionaires too. So like what actually propelled you to that, to that level? For, for me, the, the most meaningful. So I did a combination of both of, of stock market investing and real estate. Um, the, they're, they're pretty close, but I would say the real estate was what really propelled me forward. Um, because I, I had literally, like I had properties that were giving me seven to 10 X returns, like on the, the actual capital that I put in for, for the whole deal. Like if I'm including the, 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 the actual cash flow, like the rent rates, what I actually made, um, like through the course of holding it and then for ones that I sold for multiples over what I paid for it. Um, those really pushed me forward um, was the real estate piece. And then what I did is, you know, I looked to take some of those proceeds and put it towards either buying more real estate or also buying into the stock market or looking to acquire businesses. But like the real estate gave me chunks of money. Okay. in one shot that the stock market investing was more kind of the tortoise 
in the hair, slow and steady wins the race. And all of a sudden you look up, you're like, oh man, I've been investing in the stock market for a decade and a half. And whoa, like that escalated quickly. You, you know what <laughs> I mean? <laughs> so, so yeah. So um, I'll ask this question. So, and I don't know if this was like a slow creep or it just happened like during a big deal, but when you became a millionaire, were you like looking at your, your bank account saying like, hey, I'm a total party? <laughs> Wasn't it those numbers or what? what or just, just another day, just a normal day? Yeah, yeah. You know, some kind... people they'll be like, hey, you know, 999,000 is like, you know, they got the countdown. I don't know if that was you or not. Just, just curious. <laughs> right. Yeah. It kind of like it was, it was somewhat surreal and and like normal and cool like like it was kind of a mix of a lot of different emotions because the way to think about it is it wasn't like I went from a quarter of a million 250,000 to a million uh -huh. like if, if that had happened it'd be like whoa what you know what I mean like crazy yo let me let me secure this win you, you know what I mean uh -huh. it, it'll mitigate my taxes and all that kind of stuff um but it was just more of a steady build. I mean, like, I knew it was coming. Uh -huh. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. once I can remember, like, when when it's like, oh, man, I'm at 750000 Okay, I'm, I'm going to get there. It's just how long will it take? Um, and then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, man, okay, you're, you're over 800000 And, you know, 900000 I mean, like, then there's this, like, the closer you get, the more you want to get there. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's almost uh, like how this this isn't the greatest example, but hey, you know, it may help people kind of remember this. Is like if you have to use the restroom, like you you have to use it more the closer you actually get to the bathroom. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So like, the closer I was getting to the finish line it's like okay like i want to push even harder um to get over the hump and kind of the way because i don't want to assume people know what millionaire means like it, it's literally just your net worth what are what are your assets minus your liabilities um so assets meaning stuff you actually own uh liabilities if there's things that you owe um that you subtract that out um so yeah, eventually, like I was there and I I didn't call it until like I was healthily past it. So like whatever the date was, like I kind of wait because, you know, like if you got some stuff in the stock market, too, you know, things kind of fluctuate. Yeah. You know, what I mean, like it may, you know, the stock market could be up, you know, one percent one day and down one percent. You know what I mean? So but once I probably got a healthy bit over, I'm like, OK. That's when you got the gold balloons and took the picture with the with the one million. <laughs> right, right. Somebody came to the front door with a big check. You know what I mean? They rang the doorbell and said, "Hey, you're a millionaire." That's that's exactly how it happened, y'all. Trust me. You know. <laughs> um, and so you're you're a financial coach as as well. Um, what is what are some tips you would you would give folks? So you know, saving for that first that first property. Uh, and I know everyone's scenario is different. And would you recommend like the multifamily route, single family route, or what would you recommend on, on average there? I know that's kind of two questions in one, but. Yeah, yeah. Um, so this, like this stuff isn't sexy, what I'm about to say, but you cannot run from this. Like first you have to, you have to understand what your budget is. So like, like, fundamentally you have to live within your means you can't spend more money than what you make otherwise you'll never get ahead so you, yeah. you have to have some assessment of how much money is coming in versus how much money is going out and figure out what are the essentials and then what are some of your negotiables of you know discretionary income and how much do you want to to put aside to invest in real estate. So you may be, you know, saving your way up to go buy that first property. Um, and you know what I mean? So, so, so you want to start there with just saying, okay, let me build, um, which I would say, and this is my personal take, 
um, on this. So people may feel differently about it. But for me personally, if, if you have high interest debt, so let's say if you've got credit card debt that's hitting you for 25 to 30%, uh, I would pay that off before looking to acquire a property just just because you are literally guaranteeing yourself a if if your credit card interest is 30 percent you paying that off is literally giving yourself a 30 percent return outside of taxes yeah 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 you, you know what i mean because for you to actually net 30 percent you really have to make something like maybe up to like 40 percent or more yeah to, you know to actually get taxed down to, to so so you want to take care of those types of things first and and have some type of monies for you know in case you have an emergency or things like that but but those would be the things that i would say that are just foundational as far as single family versus multifamily um i'm i'm partial uh towards multifamilies i think about things like economies of scale uh meaning um if i'm paying for the lawn to be cut at the property so i could possibly have a quadruplex or you know four unit property um i've got four people living there paying rent but i only have one lawn to cut uh one roof to maintain um I'm a I'm big on ha making sure that a property has uh, separate meters. All right. Um, so like I've bought multi properties before where it was common, so I was responsible for the water. Okay. Uh, and magically those those water bills were high. Yeah, yeah. We we all got to worry about that water bill. You leave the faucet run a little bit longer. You leave right. the a little bit, a little bit longer. Right. Like, uh, right. Right. Yeah, yeah. Right. Right. I'm like, yo, man, y'all, y'all doing water bouncy houses every day. You, yeah, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Um. So, so you know, I invested in actually, you know, any properties that I purchased where where the meters weren't separate. Like I actually paid to get to get that separated. Um, so that the tenants would be responsible for that part. Um, but I say this stuff to say, yeah, so you have some economies of scale of it's just one, like one property, like one building to maintain versus if I have four single family properties, that's four different lawns that have to be cut. Um, that's four different places you may be sending someone for maintenance to go to uh, where there could be, you know, issues for. So uh that's my personal take. And again, I'll say this again for people thinking about house hacking. It's nice because you could potentially buy a property and rent out the other side if you have an appetite for that. Yeah, gotcha, gotcha. Like if, if you if you're OK with sharing a wall with somebody, um, it can it can be a great way to get rolling and build up to where now maybe later on you get, you know, a home that's more to your liking or even if you're going as far as like a dream home you're like okay now i'm moving from here to that and guess what now you can rent out the unit that you used to live in um so you could potentially actually have uh more income being generated got you got you thank you um just i guess second to last question so just for a point of reference it's uh it's late june right now um so you know a lot of folks talk about it's a recession we're in a recession um you know everyone's giving out their their, their two cents on what's going on. Um, what, what would be maybe some advice you would give some to give to somebody that's like waiting to get in the market, a new investor, or just just in general with what's what's kind of your take on um, the financial state of the uh, the market, I guess, in the country or just the market, maybe. You know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> gotcha. So these are the times to get excited. So let let me let me say that of when when there's a down market or a recession, these are the times you want to have your antennas be up and really be paying attention because there's opportunities uh, to be had and, and to take advantage of. Okay. And, and what I would say for, for anyone listening, and please lean in, listen, hear me when I say this. Look, my man, my man even leaned in. I love it. So <laughs> like 
this may sound simple, but one of the most powerful things you can do in a recession, I'll leave and explain this too, is you need to stabilize your income. So you're like, what? That's, that's the big, that's the big drop. That's the big gym. Yes, mm -hmm. it is. You need to stabilize your income because the, the worst thing that can happen or one of the worst things that can happen to you in a recession is there's all these deals all over the place, but you don't have any income mm -hmm. or you have reduced income. So you're being impacted by the recession. So, so you need to stabilize your income, meaning saying, okay, um, let's say if you are a nine, nine to five worker, man, you want to make sure that you're in good standing where you are working. And I would tell you, if you already know you are in good standing, look to increase your income. Okay. So if, if it's doing a side hustle um, or, or, you know, what, whatever it may be, or, or saying, Hey, uh, let me, let me look to get an income producing asset so that I have more money to deploy into the down market. That's, that's the mentality that I want people to have and to think about. And, and the last thing I'll say, just kind of general, if I'm thinking about the market, um, my feel for it right now is, um, I would say, let's say if you have, a, you know, you're sitting on a bunch of money, uh, and, and I'll just let that be relative to, to people who are listening. Uh, I would, I would probably err towards instead of rushing all your money in at once, uh, to try to work your way in okay. over time. Okay. Um, and some of my thought behind that is I, I, I think, I think we'll, we'll be here for a while. Okay. Um, and if, if, if we shade more towards the downside, you'll be happy that you didn't let loose all your dry powder, um, uh, into, you know, like into like one shot. And then now you're just kind of sitting back and waiting. Um, so I, I would say, look to, to, to work your way in, um, just cause I, I think we'll, we, we have a real chance to be here for a while. Okay, thank you. And can you get get a folks uh, three stocks to invest in? I'm just just just. Joking. <laughs> <laughs> so my, my last question. Um, so let us say I let's say I gave you a million dollars. You had one week. You had to spend it all in one week or something. Real estate or real estate adjacent. What would you use it for? Oof, a milli. Um, I would buy. I would buy multifamily properties. Um, I would put, I would look at potentially, uh, some REITs like there, there, I mean, there's actually some that I have my, my eyes on right now. Uh, and when I say REITs, I'm talking about a real estate investment trust. So, uh, you don't have to buy a piece of property to still be, uh, exposed to the real estate sector. They have things like real estate investment trusts, which they have special rules, uh, to where uh, they have to push a high percentage of their profits to their shareholders yeah, in the form that. of something called a dividend. Um, so I potentially look at, at doing that uh, as far as on the real estate oriented end of, of a million dollars. I would look at multifamily properties, but I, I would actually look at some single families too. Um, I've, I've been seeing some things that uh, there may be some potential shifts and changes around how those will get treated and some of the short-term rental uh, options that a person could have. Um, so yeah, I would buy, I would definitely buy physical property. Um, and I would look at potentially some real estate investment trusts as well to, to generate income for me that that's what i would say for me because my financial picture is a little bit different obviously i want to continue to grow my wealth mm -hmm. um uh, but um i'm i'm 
I also have an eye towards generating income in the here and now off, off of investments as well. Okay, appreciate it. Thank you. That was a great, great conversation. How, how can the folks uh, get in touch with you? Or if they want to, yeah, how can folks get in touch with you? I'll just leave it at that. That's yeah, it. yeah. So it's a couple different ways. Um, I actually have a website. It's just Stephen with a V L stack.com. So Stephen S T E V E N L stack S T A C K.com. So that's, that's one way uh, that you can reach me on social media. Uh, so if you're looking at like a IG, for example, my handle is at stacking with stack and yes, stack is actually my real last name. I get that all the time. Man, you talk about money, your last name, Stack. Oh, man, money stacks. Yeah, I know, yeah, for real. Uh, so you could find me there at Stacking with Stack um, for IG, which I'm probably m- most active there. Um, but it's the same handle on uh, on uh, TikTok, which I actually do have a TikTok now, and, um, uh, and, and Facebook, too, if you were to do stacking with stack as the handle you can find me there as well but uh those are ways to be able to actually connect with me um and uh hopefully just be able to encourage you to keep building and one thing i will say gotta say this and dave you probably won't be throwing this out there too is i will never solicit you for money um so there's a lot of scammers that'll come out and ask you hey how's your trading going or what's the latest with some, you know, crypto <laughs> investment trading platform. I will not do that. Uh, so just be beware if you're following me on one of those pages and you get some random DM. Um, that's not me. My philosophy on that is I have a page where I talk about exclusively real estate. I've over a thousand posts. If you think I randomly created another page to DM you about Bitcoin, that's on you. I'll never say anything about any fake pages ever. You'll never see a post for me talking about there's a fake page out there. It's like that, that, that's on you. If you thought I'm, I created a fake page to DM you about Bitcoin. <laughs> right. that's, right. my, that's my thoughts on that. You'll never see me do one of those uh, fake right. page posts. Just right. Like, that, that was my mentality uh, <laughs> until a young man literally got scammed out of $6,000 from a fake page. Um, and I just, felt sick to my stomach uh, hearing that. So I'm like, okay, let me let me put this out there just so people know um, that that's not the case. Okay, 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 cool. Maybe I'll change my tune. We'll see. If y'all got scanned <laughs> by a fake me, let me know. I'll let change my tune. Um, so yeah, appreciate it. Um, thanks for joining us. Uh, if you listen to this song, please leave a review on the Apple, Spotify, wherever you listen to helps the show get out to more folks you know like it if you're watching on youtube you still watch it you definitely like the video too so um do all that and i'll uh, see you all next week thanks <laughs>